Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to keep us positive, we've made this into a bit of a drinking game. So anytime we say anything negative, anything negative, you're going to hear this sound. We don't want to be stuffy. We don't want to be those people that just drag the shit down. We want to keep it positive, people. So we play that sound. We drink. Every time we hear that sound, we drink. That's the game. Yes. And you get that for saying anything negative. So we're going to prepare our uh, pre-show shot to get ready for what we're talking about today. Ooh. And uh, unless you're driving a car, I suggest you do the same. <laughs> so this is the second episode oh. in our John. Just what the hell? This is an audio media. They didn't see whatever you just did, but we all we do have a YouTube. We should say yeah. check the link tree out in your notes. So you can see whatever John just did. He's wiping his eyes. He has tears coming down his eyes. Yeah, I think this liqueur that he got as a gift. This is that not. A, this is not a. This is not a glowing review of that uh, that liqueur brand that you just had. Okay, no, we really drink, people. We really drink on the show. So this is the second installment of our. God, that's so much noise. Summer. <laughs> Blockbuster fate. <laughs> I'm trying to tell the people the premise of our fucking show. God. So this is where we take the highest grossing summer blockbuster of every year from 1980 to 2019. Every single year, we take the highest grossing blockbuster and we do battle royale style one v one. Just to just to specify that summer blockbuster. Summer blockbuster. Summer. Avatar blockbuster. came out in the winter. So that doesn't count. Okay, so we're going to take them and year by year, we are going to battle them out, decide which is the better film until we come up with the greatest summer blockbuster of all time. Jaws and Star Wars have a pass from the 70s. Last week, somehow, The Empire Strikes Back beat Raiders of the Lost Ark. More on that in one second. And The Return of the Jedi lost to 1982's E.T. So E.T. and Empire have moved on this week. 1984 to 1987, we got Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Top Gun, and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Only two can advance. That is the premise. We already have haters. Dave, can we hear? Should we hear more from I, our haters? Well, right it's, it's, it's quite funny actually because we have this uh, we have this phone number now that we can call and give us some feedback on the show, or you can send a text message or call. And uh, actually, we set this up a while back for uh, people to find. It was during during our beef with the uh, the Matt and Mike movie show. Um, it was set up, so I, I kind of forgot that our, we still have beef. Yeah, just with the, clarify. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is ongoing beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've also it's, been told the show Beef is really good. I, I should watch it. Sure, yeah, me. I've heard the same for your consideration. Emmy season. So, hey, writers, I'd forgotten that the uh, the recording on our show goes like this. G'day, guys. You've called the Love of Cinema voicemail line, so leave us a message when you can. If this is the Matt and Mark movie show, go fuck yourself. Jeff, you have a beautiful Australian accent. Yeah, that's that it. Is... It's really sweet. Very tender. That was that was when Dave was a sex farm worker course. that he developed that voice. Of course. Yeah. Dial nine. Yeah. If you want to hear Dave. I was giving myself a keep him on the line. Yeah. Reach around Pay per minute. Recording that. Pay per minute. I mean, you know. Uh, and uh, so yeah, this week, uh, as a result of uh, what happened last week on our show, we did get a phone call. If this is the Matt and Mark movie show, go fuck yourself. Are you kidding me with this message? <laughs> the only thing I've heard that is more outlandish is when Dave said, Wrath of Khan is not the best Trek movie ever made. What are you smoking, Dave? And can you send <laughs> some to my things. house? Also, fellas, 1982, 
Nobody brought up Tron, probably the greatest movie ever made in 1982. <laughs> I, I, Nobody I, I, brought up The Thing, right. Two-Way Tie for the second greatest movie ever made in 1982. Right. And yes, Wrath of Khan, 1982. 1982, best movie for, best year for movies ever, period. Guys, also, how did Superman the movie not carry over from the 70s? You guys are cray over there. Did not come out in the 70s. Jesus. I feel like I'm taking crazy pill. Jesus. <laughs> I was, and, uh, yeah, let's tell people who that is. Uh, that, was, that was Matt. Matt. That's Matt the, from Matt, the Matt Mark, Mark movie, movie show, show, continuing that, who apparently didn't listen to the fucking rules, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Jesus. No, he did not. The, the thing is, like, I'm not, I'm not planning for time because we, we've got to get through, but uh, there were two more messages where he went on to argue the rules. <laughs> after having the rules explained to him in a text message. The whole point is that we're doing this over the summer, so we don't just fucking talk about Marvel and and DC movies the whole summer. We are going to take a break for Oppenheimer Barbie because that's going to be a fun weekend, and we're seeing him with his co-host, Mark, who is becoming our favorite member. Are we? (laughs) Was I not invited again? What's Uh, what's going on with this? Oh, we have... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, Anyway, yes, but in one of his messages, I know they played all of my endless messages on their show. Sorry, guys, we got to keep it moving. Sorry, Matt and Mark. But he is really bummed that um, Raiders did not move on. He thinks it's one of the best summer movies ever, the best adventure movies ever, and he's not wrong. We feel like it's heavy. This week was heavy knowing that I voted that down, and I still think Empire is a better movie, but it is weird because Raiders is such a good summer movie. It's, yeah. I, it might be one of it might be the best summer movie ever. And for us, it didn't get through the first round. Guys, what do you want from us? That's the game. This is what we're doing. There are rules for a reason. Of course, there are other great movies in these years. But yeah, this is what's so fun about it. We're just yep. trying to comment on what the fuck people ended up spending their money on. We're not even talking about Metacritic scores or reviews. We are just talking about tickets sold, butts in seats, between basically Memorial Day and Labor Day. So let's fucking continue the ride. What are we talking about? Reiterate, Jeff. What are the summer this, blockbuster, this Steven. Speaking of summer blockbusters, mini rant. Tom Cruise came out this week, and, and maybe it's just the reporting. I think it came out via Poke Media, whatever the fuck that is, <laughs> and it's getting reported everywhere else, that he's mad that his movie, Mission Impossible 7 Part 1, is only going to be in IMAX and premium formats for one week, but Oppenheimer gets three weeks, and it starts the next weekend. So Oppenheimer's going to bump Mission Impossible. First of all, I've already ranted about this on our show, and Shazam, and uh, fucking Dra- Dungeons and Dragons, and and John Wick 4, they all were back to back to back. So they all only had one week in the big format. This fucking movie has been three years worth of trailers, three years of release dates that they revoked, three fucking years of hearing about these two movies split in parts and the first one's coming out this weekend. And somehow this is the week that he decided the release date wasn't to his liking and that the big, he saved movie theaters because of the big format. And now he's complaining about the big format. What the fuck, come on, Tom Cruise, come on. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know why Oppenheimer's in uh, for three weeks because once the projectionist carries that fucking 11 miles of fucking film up up the stairs, he's not pulling that back out a week later and taking it back down. Fuck that. How many reels of watch Oppenheimer until I have the energy to carry this fucking thing again down the stairs? How many reels of IMAX film do you think it is? No, I, I told you guys this when I was over at IMAX headquarters here in los angeles like watching uh, nope last year i was just talking with a guy who worked there and he said like literally at any given moment chris nolan has like 60 percent of everything they own somewhere on set around the world i mean it's just you know you can't argue with the fact that like 
they're going to prioritize Chris Nolan movies. He's been with them yeah. for so long. Exclusive relationship, and exclusively I'd... filming on their products, with also, their products, on like, their film. What, what, should, what should get an IMAX screen? Something that was filmed in IMAX or something that was formatted for IMAX? David, what, are, what are the other well, terms? Yeah, yeah. Well done. What are the other or, terms? Yeah, what are the other ones? Formatted for, adjusted uh, for. Filmed for. Uh, film, they, well, they filmed do fil- for. Yeah, filmed for instead of filmed in. Filmed in, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. No, no, yeah. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about that for sure. So, but I'm definitely gonna go that weekend and see fucking oh, fuck Dead yeah. Reckoning. I will be there that two first weekends weekend in a row. We yeah. got some good IMAX movies. All right, people. Yeah. That's my rant, just because it's, it's relevant to summer blockbusters. The Flash comes out next you week. Spider Man, in. whatever verse did so well. Let's get into this week. Oh, just quickly, uh, I did, I did go and see Spider Verse. And um yes, are we Jay. doing that now we're doing that at the end because i saw it too we can, um, we can talk i mean we, we can we can talk at the end about it if you want but i just want to put it on record at the start of the show before everyone like gets distracted that it might yeah. be the best animated film i've ever seen in my life it's, yeah. it's very very beautiful it's equal mm. you know just as effective with the the animation that's the first one in a different new exciting way yeah and, not, and it, repeat, is, it is time is cool. for a gwen stacy movie it's time oh Haley, get us some yeah. work I'm going this week. Uh, I'm late to the draw on this one. Okay. Felt the same way I felt about Guardians in that it was clearly brilliant and a wonderful movie. And I think I'm just kind of a little cooled on the superhero movies right now, but it's undeniably effective and yeah. masterfully made. So if you loved mm. the first one, you are going to love this one. This is the I first film, first film in a long time. It's been worth it for IMAX. Like it's oh, not. And yeah. you know what? I got fucked over here. I couldn't get a ticket. So I saw it in oh. regular. It was still great. Yeah. But I might go back and watch it in IMAX. It's anyway. worth it. Let's God, it's pretty. Fucking right. go. Let's All get right. into this. Are you ready for this? So, let's start. <laughs> 1984. Y'all ready for this? No, you didn't get the. Okay. 1984 versus 1995. John, do you have the numbers? Just, I'm not going to do. Last week I did the wicked. <laughs> Last week I did, the, all the numbers are different, yeah. Wikipedia, <laughs> IMDb, Box Office Mojo, all the numbers are different, but this is the highest grossing summer movie of 1984. John, do you have the numbers out? So you want to go ahead and read off some movies that came out and grossed a lot of money in 1984? Sure, I will. Yeah. Perhaps you're familiar with another movie that we also did on this show um, a couple of years ago at this point, The Karate Kid, coming in Ooh. fifth place. Maybe you heard of that. Police Academy, Footloose. Star Trek uh, 3, The Search for Something. Uh, <laughs> fucking Prince's Purple Rain, come at me. Everybody oh, yeah. knows that fucking movie. Oscar winner. Uh, but then, ready? This is crazy. This is, it was not nearly as popular as its sequel, but The Terminator is pretty far down the list at number 21. Friday the 13th, one of those. Conan the Destroyer, which we've done on this before. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, David Lynch's Dune. So anyway, as always, like yeah. the discrepancy, the difference between numbers wise just numbers butts and seats tickets sold between some of these very iconic famous movies that have lasted the test of time we're not even in the same fucking world of hundreds of millions of dollars to the ones we're going to be talking about yeah like it's just crazy to look back and look at these numbers a couple other things michael eisner leaves paramount for disney touchstone pictures came out and then you also have romancing the stone never-ending story uh, TriStar Pictures was a joint ventures of Columbia, HBO, and CBS that released their first film. Amadeus destroyed at the Oscars. The Killing Fields, Broadway, Danny Rose, Places in the Heart, and Once Upon a Time in America somehow lost best score to Purple Rain. Despite 
Isn't that fucking crazy? So that's 1984. So we are, of course... It's because Purple Rain is like one of the greatest songs ever written. Like just yeah. that song. <laughs> just everybody just, see, everybody like out that just search right now and search up search Prince's uh, Super Bowl performance if you want to really oh, yeah. enjoy Purple Rain. Oh yeah. Sure, but to the sure. summer movies, let's let's get to the summer movies. So number three, Gremlins came out in June. Number two, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dude. Indy <laughs> came out. <laughs> And that one, according to this, 53 million tickets sold, $179 million gross, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune. Beverly Hills Cop 1. Doom. Came out in December, Doom. but like 2003. Saying, Temple of Dune. Sounds like you're saying Dune. Dune. The people can hear me on my articulators. But, of course, Ghostbusters was the god of them all. Came out June 8, 1984. $220 million dollars on 65 million tickets sold which again means mm. the average ticket price was less than four dollars a ticket but again folks, just, just just to just to think about that the indian temple of dune about 12 million less tickets were sold like again yeah. this isn't even fucking close yeah. right? i mean that that's, is that's a whole the state of new world. jersey now the whole state of new jersey now <laughs> went to go see one movie <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. All right, and, so let's get into it. Funnily Sorry. enough, uh, this week, um, we're talking about Ghostbusters as one of the films. And this week in New York, the Ectomobile was seen on the streets. Oh, yeah. For the first time because they're shooting the new movie. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, wow. sweet. So, what do you guys sequel think? Sequel to the ladies? Is that what you're talking no, about? Is it a sequel, sequel to sequel, the ladies? It's movie? a sequel to Afterlife, the new one. Oh, oh. Uh, fucking. Um, Jason Reitman's, yeah. is he doing it again? Um, I think he's producing. Yeah, I think he passed it off. We liked it, right? We yeah. did that. We if did. Wanna, we liked it. We, did like it. On that. We, we enjoyed that one. I got picky. Anyway, but, let's, uh, but anyway. let's do it. What do you guys think? So I saw this from we did the franchise face-off. I rewatched. No, no, did I, is that not true? I rewatched this when we when the, the sequel came out. I rewatched Ghostbusters 1 when the sequel came out. What was the last time you guys saw Ghostbusters? So, or how many, have you seen Are you one of the people that have seen it like 30 times? Like I've probably seen it four or five times but yeah dave how many times do you think Dozen? oh I'd, I'd be in the 50s uh, i watched again a couple of weeks ago halloween God, damn. ever gone for before halloween? you knew we were doing this yeah you just you just watched all, it. all three of them because <laughs> I, I got the three pack that has it's, it's funny they sell the ghostbusters bundle and it has ghostbusters ghostbusters 2 and ghostbusters afterlife in it oh okay i was like what was the third I was they, like, what, yeah they totally they totally it? skipped over the other one I think I rewatched this one uh, when we did Afterlife or right before doing that. And I have I have safely seen this movie over five times for sure, like a proper watch. But this was also if you're a kid that was growing up with cable television. Yeah, I mean, who knows how many times I saw it with commercials when I was a kid, you know, and the ending, the Stay Puffed. I've probably seen the Stay Puffed guy three times more than I've seen the whole movie because I would turn it on and be like, oh, we're near the end. We're halfway through. I'll I'll watch till the end. I also saw (laughs) this is in the movies that made us on Netflix. And this is is the sensational story of Dan Aykroyd trying to get wrote for John Belushi and Eddie Murphy pivoted to Bill Murray um, and Ernie and everybody else in the cast. Um, it's just fucking phenomenal. I highly recommend that yeah. if you're a Ghostbusters Quite a good fan. Making of and story that to is this thing, yeah. up against. Um, so that is up against. We could do it that way. Last time we kind of talked about each movie, but we know these fucking movies. So that is up against in 1985. Back to the Future, guys. This is tough, man. Yeah. So let's talk a little hurt. bit more about. Let's talk a little bit. Let's just set up 1985 and hopefully we don't overwhelm our listeners with all of the facts from 1984 versus 1985. John. You want to get those numbers out and take a yes, look I at do. some other high-grossing movies from 1985? 
So right behind Back to the Future, we got Rambo First Blood Part 2, folks. Another uh, sequel mm. sneaking in there with about $40 million less dollars. Um, we have Beverly Hills Cop, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later, coming in at number three. Uh, That's Beverly Rocky Hills Cop. So, that, so, so, so wait, so really quick. Beverly Hills Cop came out at the very end of 1984. So it's on the numbers list of 1985. Because yes. most of its money was made in January and February. Because it, it was yeah, guess, this is back yeah. in the time where movies ran for 14 weeks in the theater, as opposed to one week like they do now. <laughs> Sorry, John. Yeah. Continue. So yeah, yeah. No, no, I should have clarified the number one, two, and three seats for the summer that we're we're talking about for 1985, Back to the Future, one uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two, and then fucking cocoon. How good oh, is that? Yeah. Coming in at number three. Couldn't you not Love get that. that anywhere for a while unless you owned it? Like they they stopped streaming it at one point. I think. Oh shit! I don't know. Yeah. Man. You know, I'm gonna be honest. That, I've never two seen two classics like Cocoon. Cocoon and Super Mario Brothers. You couldn't get anywhere. Two classics. <laughs> uh, some other uh, really great, yeah, you know, fair. movies from <laughs> uh, from the year that are not necessarily in our summer lineup. But we've talked about Witness before. We really mm-hmm. love that movie. Uh, the fucking Goonies, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Fantasia. <laughs> Thank uh, God it's not against the Goonies. Goonies. National Lampoon's European Vacation, which slid in at the very last minute to a, a wild card position in our franchise. As it was immediately the, uh, voted out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, that's pretty funny. Uh, let's just let me go. Let me name a few more. The Breakfast Club. I don't know if you've ever heard of that movie. Heard of it? Mm. Um, Saint Elmo's Fire. One of the Mad Maxes. The Killing Fields. Uh, come on, Amadeus. I have it in 1985, dude. I think you mentioned it before. No, but... it's not, that is definitely a 1984 movie. Is it really? It was probably mm-hmm. still making money. Yeah, exactly. It says the date's Weird. open. I know, I know it does. I don't know why it's listed on 85. I see it. it's even listing it in 1984. I'm sorry. That's a, a weird thing. Anyway, so you can see couple, some of these things are uh, very, very well known. And so they're, couple, again, they're not even in the same world. Often over $100 million less of success with yeah. these movies that you've heard of. So in 1985, this is considered a failure at the box office because the numbers were down 17% on the whole from 1984 to 1985, 17%, which is a lot. And Janet Maslin, who I don't know, says that Steven Spielberg was to blame because so many people loved E.T. and Close Encounters and Raiders <laughs> that they said there were a lot of copycat films. So you had Return, you have like Return to Oz, The Black Cauldron, Weird Science, Real Genius, My Science, project were all commercial failures we got some cult you know success later but um the the commercial movies did not do well with the Anytime exception of Back anyone the mentions weird science i can't i can't not see the giant turd right <laughs> good day thank you <laughs> speaking of spielberg i think the color purple came out in 85 didn't color it? purple came out spies like us the jewel of the nile yeah. out of africa Way down. out of mm. africa cleaned up john houston's preetzi's honor with uh jack and somebody else uh the purple rose of cairo so wood this is back when woody was just churning shit out witness we talked about Angelica witness houston. on this show no no witness houston yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in preseason on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he has he has really funny stories because he he knows John Houston and he was like trying to sleep with. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There's some really funny Jack <laughs> stories trying to sleep with John Houston's daughter who was directing his movie. Uh, Witness came out, also did okay. We talked about Witness a couple years ago. Purple Rose of Cairo, Kiss of the Spider Woman. We also talked about on this yes. show. Trip to Bountiful mm-hmm. and White Knights for dancing. Fun little fact here Teen in the Wolf. Best- <laughs> Teen Wolf Two or no, Teen Wolf One. Teen Wolf Two came out like yeah, yeah, yeah. so. Um, and last thing is the leading actress award. 
and Golden Globes had two categories, BAFTAs and Oscars, all went to four different women. So just to show you that awards are fucking useless. <laughs> For four different categories, four different women won the award. Whoopi Goldberg, Peggy Ashcroft, Gwendolyn Page, and Kathleen Marshall in Priestley's Honor. Okay, that's it. Wow. Let's talk about Back to the Future. I definitely rewatched this during the franchise face-off in 2020. When did you guys rewatch this? That that was it. The uh, last time I watched yesterday. it properly. But until oh yeah, Dave. remember guys <laughs> last you remember last summer I saw uh, Back to the Future at the Hollywood Bowl with the orchestra. Yes, Ugh. and um, Sylvester was there. Uh, one of the Newmans, David Newman, who's a real popular orchestrator for films. He's one, Thomas Newman. You know, he's Alfred Newman's son. One of the many Newmans, Randy, and all those guys. Uh, he conducted. So that was the last time I saw this movie. Fucking live with an orchestra, which was fantastic. And it was the first time I also realized, do you remember me making this joke that there's one musical theme in Back to the Future? Mm. One. <laughs> Try to think of the other one, and you can't. I was like, no way, there's more than fucking one. It's yeah. the one, dude. Nope. It's just fucking it's, perfect. It's the live and let die of time travel movies. <laughs> and this is also this is also the uh, that's a shout out to one of our previous episodes live and let die where they play the Paul McCartney theme fourteen times with different voices. Do, do, do. Do, do, they'll do. have a different singer do, sing do, it, do. a different style. There's <laughs> all so right. Back to the Future obviously gave us like that fun franchise is is mm. we can talk about this the franchise itself, but this is also the very first time that we saw Robert Zemeckis really explode onto um, the scene as a as a director. Steven Spielberg in the executive producer's seat. Um, so we we have talked about 1941 before, which which Robert Zemeckis co-wrote with a couple other people for Spielberg that did not do so well. So this gave us a director who, for uh, me, was one of the titans of the 90s. Uh, Forrest Gump, Castaway, Contact. Maybe you've heard of some of those. Never heard of them. Um, but yeah. Michael J. Fox, of course. Never heard of On him. fucking fire. Still yeah. haven't watched that documentary <laughs> that came out recently. But um, God, you guys, I mean, what is there? Who turned down Dr. Emmett Brown? But didn't, didn't somebody either turn it down or like, you know, is there some anecdote of like another famous um, actor? Well, they had to replace, they, they swapped out Marty's um, about three well, that, weeks into filming because sure, yeah. it was originally yeah. Eric Stoltz. And that, that footage is now available, by the way. Uh, someone leaked that Ooh. on the internet. Um, yeah, you could, it, it, yeah, they made good choices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And apparently, I mean, yeah, it was just tonally, it just wasn't right. Yeah. And and I, yeah I heard, just, there just wasn't chemistry there. I heard this in acting for the camera class with, uh, John, we were in the same class that actually they fired him off of the dailies, which didn't have audio at the time because audio is obviously separate from the film. So <laughs> they were just watching the film without the audio looped in. And they were just like, this guy doesn't have it. He doesn't have the charisma. Well, they, but, they they already wanted Michael J. Fox at that point, I think, but he was doing family ties. He, so he, he had already passed it. on it. So yeah, it was, uh, but then yeah. they went back and... Not, well, not passed he, on. He was he, already not yeah, allowed to do it. He shot that at night so not after to, doing uh, family ties. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Jesus. Yes, I can. So not to not to <laughs> belabor this too much, but in so far, out of the um, four movies we talked about last time, and now uh, these two movies... We are back in a world of either adventure or sci-fi or both, mm -hmm. right? Like it's kind of, so both of these movies are dealing with sci-fi elements, absolutely for sure. But here's the difference. Would you call Ghostbusters an adventure movie? I would not. Nope. I would call it a, a straight up sci-fi comedy. It's a supernatural thriller. A supernatural yeah, yeah, thriller. Yeah, yeah. That's like, great. That's great. Thriller. Yeah, yeah. Supernatural thriller. There you go. That, that's good. Um... Whereas I would call 
I would call Back to the Future a sci-fi adventure. Mm. Right? Roads, where we're going, you won't need <laughs> roads. Right? Like, you know, shit like that. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about quotability, it's... Uh... Yeah, oh the, oh, the rewatchability, quotability can't possibly be higher. Yeah, which ones... Let's do that. Which ones have you guys organically, not because of our podcast, watched more times? I think I'm going to safely think, go with Back to the Future, even though to, I said I I've Back seen... Back to the Future. Yeah, I mean... That well, was it, one of those that I rewatched a gajillion times, like with my family or a rental with friends. This kind of goes with Empire too. I mean, I I love kids dressing up as the, as the Ghostbusters, and and it, the the idea of busting ghosts is awesome, especially when you're a kid. <laughs> busting ghosts, getting him in that fucking trap, and yep. you're like in here as a ghost, like as a kid, like what a dream come true. But Back to the Future, to the, part of the reason that I'm bummed about Raiders is even though it was all men and all, well, you know, a couple women, but mostly like men. It still feels like very kid friendly. It's like obviously like E.T. is just such a fucking summer movie, you know, kids and everybody can watch it. You know, men drinking beer in the background and kids running around and it's not to exclude men and women, but Ghostbusters just feels older to me. It feels like the target audio is just a little bit older. All men can be kid friendly. Just ask the Catholic Church. (laughs) Now, see, that's that's funny you're saying that because I wonder I wonder at the time. I bet people would have said the opposite. Because Ackroyd so? and Bill Murray were so fresh. They were so like, they were the it comedy guys of their generation. For kids, and they though? were kind of, no, not for kids necessarily. I'm talking like, I mean. for like, I mean. people who were adults. Whereas like, I bet adults went to go see Back to the Future and they felt like it's so, it's so cheesy and nostalgic with its throwback to the fifties uh, yeah. that there is an element to it that might be more, as you say, like grandpa friendly, like the, there's a little bit more jokes for a wide gamut. Whereas Bill Murray was, was so hot at the time. I remember even as a kid watching Ghostbusters and thinking, Bill I Murray's don't think I understand stuff. why Bill Murray is as funny to my dad as he is. Cause I'm not laughing quite as hard as my dad is, but one day I'm going to get it. Yeah. Whereas like everybody can laugh at great Scott, you know, every, yeah. everyone's oh, yeah. invited into the antics of, of uh, Zemeckis's direction and yeah, Christopher Lloyd and stuff. However, I just want to point that out too. The nostalgia factor Indiana Jones is a throwback, isn't it? We kind of talked about that. It takes us yeah. back to this mm-hmm. very dreamy perspective on this American fighting the Nazis and killing all of them and in this wonderful, whimsical Spielbergian way. Kind of in a similar thing, we have his his boy, Robert Zemeckis, kind of creating a nostalgia piece very shamelessly and taking us back to that Americana. Um, but on on well, they do they did not sugarcoat it though like it was, they there there are several times that highlight it sucks to be a woman in the fifties like as well yeah, so sure. that was yeah, hidden yeah. in there which I I kind of like that that was a little bit subversive I was I thought it was great I mean, are you talking about like the obvious like the scene at the end I'm trying to think of well, some other both like he he just he, when he grabs her on the street uh, and he's like mauling, he's mauling her in the lunchroom yeah. yeah physically yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and there what, were, a, what a great you know, actor! Of course, it was too, not like, a very segregated uh, town, was it? Just the the young gentleman who wants to be mayor one day. Mayor, yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah, right? like he's yeah. like one of the only, except for the band. Right, the band comes in at uh-huh. the end. So, like again, very like. I wonder how a movie like that would have played today. Do you think they would have just cast it? Oh, it would have. It would have been diverse and just been like, yeah, this was America back then, and they just put a yeah, maybe yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. So I just I don't know I think I think it that was branded as woke because it made racists feel funny. All right, not to not to I don't I don't want to I don't want to make this conversation about that, but 
Bill Murray has a couple scenes with Sigourney Weaver and and when you watch it oh, with yeah. your 2023 you glasses they are a little creepy mm-hmm. for sure. You I can't mean, improvise like Bill that Murray. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's Bill Murray and he kind of gets away with a lot of things that some people don't, but there is an, maybe what's the point I'm trying to make that the, that the way they handle the nostalgia of back to the future, even with the issues you're talking about, Dave, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. Watching it uh, now. That's absolutely the what way I said. they yeah. sincerely played. Yeah. The, yeah. the uh, Ghostbusters comedy for the time. Mm. I do, I do like that Bill Murray never took advantage, though, in the end, when he like she was literally throwing herself at him. And he's like, yeah, no, yes. we're not going to do this. That was super, <laughs> super, super important. Yeah. Jeff, am I remembering correctly that you, for some reason, got tickets to that Neil Patrick Harris game show? Yeah, and I you thought and I won. I, went. I thought I won. I thought I, I, thought I got picked. <laughs> Why am I remembering that the guy who sings the Ghostbusters theme was somehow there what? performing or something. <laughs> Do you remember that? I rated him ghost. He like he like was there and sung that song live in front of us for a live studio audience in Astoria, New York. And we were like, what the fuck mm. is going on, dude? What? <laughs> Wait. What? Are you no, serious? Why did are the buzzer go off? Was he there? That was there from before. That was I I don't know. Everybody that drank. literally just everybody five. drank. All the lights are lit up. Sure, what page are you on? Jeff, um, you and I saw this motherfucker sing that song live. I don't know where that happened. Man. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> Pretty the, fucking oh, positive. I, I'm so mad. I, I know his name because I had I worked on the the, what, the Ray Pocket Junior. Yeah, you don't have to say it like that. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Oh, he knew him. He knew him. He yeah. knew him. Dude, that that song's I, yeah. a fucking smash hit in the '80s. That show, Power of Love. I, I'm all about it, man. I'm all about Power Love. Yeah. Oh, that's the the power. Yeah. I did. I had to sing that for babies one time. It's a true story. Movie. I, I used to wait. Here's my little personal anecdote. Um, Jeff and I were waiters for many, many years. And uh, one of the places that we both worked for a while, Ernie Hudson came in more than one time, uh, Winston. And I got to wait on him. And that man was a fucking triple A gentleman. Such a nice hey. guy. Yeah, Chatted I, with multiple people. Yeah. Every, you know, lots of people were coming up to him. One of those <laughs> actors you don't see, unfortunately you didn't see very often, but everybody knew him as Winston, and he was so pleasant mm-hmm. to everybody, including the staff. Shout out to fucking they, Ernie Hudson. They originally, I, be- I believe, as well, they tried to make the make him cut his part down. Right. Yeah. They, the they, yeah. producers were a little, for lack of a better word, fucking racist. Yeah. Um, but he was so nice and charming, yeah. and obviously. Can you imagine that threesome without him being the kind of person, our vehicle to look at them and be yeah. like, you guys are fucking crazy. Yeah. Right. Like, oh yeah. It just wouldn't have been the same thing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's literally um, the person who says what you're thinking. Like it's. What do you think of first? This will be fun. What do you think of first? What is like your fucking snapshot when you think of Ghostbusters? The library Cat- at the beginning. I mean, I think of the, the ghost. Just the book. The go- the, no, the, ghost the that- get a. get her that was your plan (laughs) (laughs) because it went for at that moment it was like okay this is going to be a fun little romp but then when that ghost went full fucking horror i was freaked out and i was like this is this is something new this is funny but like and it kind of introduced me to the 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 mesh of comedy and scary because i think that was almost my first experience with it I mean, yeah, so it, it happened I, like ever in that. Uh, kind of I sense. think horror. I mean, I like, think full horror had been doing that sort of thing. Like, um, I guess Freddy Krueger was later. That didn't 
that didn't happen until like the second movie they started introducing go- jokes and stuff so maybe it had i don't think we had seen i don't think we had ever seen comedic actors at that level sincerely doing a supernatural thriller mm. bringing their particular yeah. brand of comedy into his grip that way and like i saw this outside the country because i was in australia at the time so we, i didn't know i didn't know who they were i'd seen bill murray in stripes but like i didn't i didn't know who they were to in be honest stripes this is 1984 and it's like oh yeah the guy from stripes <laughs> Caddyshack had already happened. Obviously, yes. SNL, the but, guy hey. from Strat. Yeah, pretty fucking Jaws. Think- <laughs> Goddamn Jaws. Um, I think of, My- I, see, I see Ramus yeah, a yours? lot. I see Ramus a lot. So I yeah. mean, it's it's the image of them with guns and and the lasers are so bright and it's like it's almost like they ripped off like the Star Wars lightsabers. Like the light is just so obviously. I think ILM did this. Beams. Didn't they? Yeah, I, I think, I think did they this. did. I don't know how else you would go uh, to. Okay, the lights. Yeah, there's a classic. I think of, I think very specifically of, um, what's the building in Central Park West that is the. Uh, it's literally called like something Central Park West. No. Oh, God, it's so famous. When uh, Rick Moranis is up against the window. Oh, yeah. He's oh, trying the, to get oh, their the, attention. Yeah, the Rotunda and restaurant, nobody, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And nobody is noticing him. I just, that whole sequence where he's running from those dog things. But just in general, those dog things scared the hell out of me when I was a mm. kid. Yeah, same. And they, they really, they, they, they carved out a little piece of, of horror in my mind when yeah. I was a child. Yeah. Claymation, they were scary as well. Cheesy maybe and nowadays for technology, but they got me. But that's the, the thing though, in, yeah. in Ghostbusters Afterlife, when they brought those back, uh, they made yeah. them move the same. Which was like it, essential. It even falls trying to turn a corner. They still can't fucking corner. Yeah. Like- <laughs> that and... Uh, uh, if I'm being totally honest, the very a very very young John say was like, I don't know what arousal is, but I feel something when Sigourney Weaver is possessed, and then you know <laughs> on the bedroom scene, and then becomes that that writhing dog thing when they're transitioning in and out of them mm-hmm. at the end. I mean, she was she was she was very sexy, and I had not really seen all the aliens movies when I was super young. So this was definitely my first Sigourney Weaver movie experience. I think it was for me too. As a kid. Um, so ILM was busy working on Dune, Jedi, Indiana Jones, <laughs> and Star Trek three, but Robert Edlund, who was at ILM and I think was a part of the original yeah. Star Wars crew, yeah. wanted to go into business for himself. And I, this is an ILM thing where like management yeah. mattered back then and everybody was very respectful, but some people outgrew it. And so Robert Edlund wanted to start his own company. So Columbia fronted $5 million to Edlund to start his own effects house, Boss House. They literally were like investors in Boss House. Mm. So it's technically a Boss House See, film, but it's I mean, the same people of ILM. You hear That's that awesome. story and it's like, it, this this is where all the good shit comes from. Like we got Ghostbusters through this guy, like the, all those visual effects through this guy forming his own company and just making it off from scratch. Star Wars back in the day we got because they, they like basically were trying to figure out how to do stuff like with that level of invention. Even uh, like if you read the biography of um, like Lord of the Rings where they got turned down for King Kong and they'd already employed everyone at Weta, oh, yeah. at Weta Digital, yeah. and had them under contract, and it nearly put the company out of business. And then we yeah, got Lord of the Rings them. because King Kong got knocked back. Robert yeah. Edlin was the man in ILM with the initial oh, yeah. um, generation who basically figured out how to use everything in camera. He built all mm. these amazing opticals. He's the one who figured out how to 
that classic shot underneath the the uh, Empire uh, ship at the very beginning of Star Trek of Star Wars. How mm-hmm. to like create that? So when he peeled away from them, I'm sure they were like, "Fuck, there goes one of our very best." But look, he gave us fucking Ghostbusters. Uh, I bet they did work on Back to the Future though, because Spielberg's boys had quite an arrangement. I feel like every if if any of his friends needed special effects, ILM did it for them. So I'm oh, just, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Guess that they I'm sure they at least came in with some shots. Yeah, they got him some shots. I mean, this, right, let's it's... play that game. Let's play the game for uh, for Back to the Future. What do you? What is your shot or your snapshot or your phrase or something? What what pops into your head when people say Back to the Future? Lighting There's probably ball. a gazillion just because it's yeah yeah yeah. Doc Brown sliding down the the thing. I mean, it's it's Marty it's, Marty's mom trying to make out with him. It's the end of it for me. That's what pops in the second someone says it. It's the end. That car the, lifting off. runs up to him literally. In, no, in the, the car lifting car off. Or, oh yeah. Like when the when it and the wheels went under. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" And Can you imagine setting up I a sequel that well. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. Was that is that what that kind of felt like back then? Because that wasn't done as shamelessly back then as it is like every fucking franchise yeah. movie you see now has that kind of hook on the end. That was probably one of the first times they very mm. successfully, shamelessly yeah. were like, you're coming back here in yeah. two years for the next one. Well, and I, also I they believe turned their also, head to ILM and went, you guys missed out on a fucking franchise, this bitches. Is, yeah. when this is, uh, <laughs> I mean, the word franchise didn't exist back then. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but also, this was the first time I think that they'd filmed the second and the third back to back. They just went straight oh, through with production. Yeah. Cause at the end of, at the end of back to the future two, you get a preview for back to the future three. Like, it's, and, that, it's, and that's it's why Michael, an, J. Fox it was like an stalled. Michael yeah. J. Fox is like, he, he really played his cards really well. Cause he was like, he wanted to be in, what was that war movie he did? Um, with like, Oh, with Sean Penn. And- yeah. Yeah. He was like, he was like, I want to do other things. I don't want to be locked down for two years. He was making money, and and he really like negotiated the fuck out of. He got another movie. He got more pay back end. Like Michael J. Fox fucking worked that mm. negotiation to get that. All right. I mean, good. He's the man, dude. Um, I mean, we could talk yeah. about these movies all day. Honestly, all I want to do is just just go through the go. I think I, I don't think Back to the Future is better, but all the Ghostbusters. Um, the movies that made us casualties had to get there. Yeah, that's mm. what it is. That's what it is. Um, I think we, I think we all, we all know these movies. So we just, we got to choose. We, we got to vote. Mm. Well, I'll throw, out, I'll throw out my vote first. Do you already know? Yeah. Oh, are we going to do that? Or do you want to do it at the end after all? After no, no, both no, we want to do it. We should, we got to do it now. We got to do yeah. it now. Um, cases for and against. Do you have cases? I don't have any cases against. It's tough. This is. <laughs> Well, I I think, I, I think the case I put some I think the stars case I'm make down just that, and every. Uh, <laughs> you no, fuck you, Dave. You fuck, where are the X's, motherfucker? I think the case I'll make, uh, which I think is why most people would agree with me, is what I was saying about what does it mean for a film and in a movie experience, something that if you're lucky enough to see it in a theater, of course, but even just renting it or watching it with your friends or family way after a movie has come out. Because I know part of this game is, yeah, people, we are trying to put our time capsules on and just pretend we are part of the audience that summer. But also, over time, I think Back to the Future is just an easier watch. I think it has proved to be more timeless than Ghostbusters, perhaps because ah. of some of the comedic themes. So I think, I think I'm going Back to the Future. Is anybody definitely going with Ghostbusters? Yes. 
right, plead your case, and then I'm oh nice. My God. And then I for my, there's for one my, person who the fuck like, were you asking for my yeah for my for my lifetime um i've always owned a copy of ghostbusters i've always had access to ghostbusters i'll watch it and rewatch it and rewatch it it never really gets old you know how it ends but you you look for the beats you can't wait for them you know the jokes are coming even afterwards back to the future like on a rewatch which i just did um i own them now but i, I didn't own them for so long like i i just didn't have them and uh it just I don't know when I was rewatching it I was like this is fun but I yeah. feel like I've aged out of it to ch- do literally do you feel like it's a little bit too whimsical too childlike mm-hmm. too campy yeah which is great for a family audience but I'm not a family audience Dave tell me this just to clarify because uh, what was Ghostbusters rated there was no then, PG-13 13? there was no PG-13 yet there was no PG-13 yeah. yet because Spielberg created no, 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 wait. it. Yeah, when did he make that though? When did that happen? Anyway, because I, I was just curious if if um, I I'll, would imagine I'll Ghostbusters, I would imagine Ghostbusters was presented to the world and marketed as an adult comedy, not bring your kids. Yeah, I mean, is that right? Uh, it came, actually, the rating came out in 1984. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is July 1st. The MPAA. Um, introduced PG-13 at Spielberg's request. But Ghostbusters came wow. out before that. Before that, so it didn't have a rating. So mm. no, it had a rating, it just it was PG. Because P- P- PG. PG covered such a wide yeah. berth at Bill that point. Bill Murray did that shit, and they said, this is good for kids. And Sigourney <laughs> yeah. did that shit, and they were like, this will be yeah, okay for kids. It's fine, wow. as long wow. as you don't show boobs and you can swear once. Like that's, you can't, Yeah, you can one wow. curse. You can, not in a PG, I don't think you can, I don't think you can say fuck a PG. Not you only fuck. get like you only got like three fucks in PG thirteen. Yeah, maybe not even. No, it's one, isn't it? A PG thirteen, you get one. Back to right, the future right. is PG so, as well. Jay, Dave, I appreciate it, and no I hear you. And PG. I think there's a, well, the the other thing there's... as well. It's like from my perspective with catchphrases, like the the phrases and everything. I when you ask me to think of a single one from back to the future it's like great scott and that's it but you got he slimed me okay no, there's so, she's so a many more than that um, there's so many more than that uh, get walk, out walk of here. up to Come anyone on. in any fucking place in the world and say who you're gonna call you built a time machine in a delorean nobody's saying nobody's saying ghostbusters way, isn't fucking you, awesome i don't think you guys saw fast x but there is a sweet fucking yeah, delorean in that movie dude yeah it's fucking they're releasing a new one God, it's so okay. sexy. Dave, right. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And I'm glad you fought for it. You gotta fight for it. Fuck, man. I'm telling you right now, and, and, it, and two things sway me. Number one, I was really on the edge of this because I thought I knew what, what it was gonna be, but I, I didn't give anything. And and my dad who grew up in, and this, these were his comedians as well. He loves Caddyshack. I mean, come on, he's a golfer, my dad, and he loves Caddyshack, right? And the SNL generation, he's in high school. Just a Cinderella story. Just Cinderella story. He's in high school when SNL is out with Bill Murray and John. He loves Animal House, right? John, he's he's basically in a fraternity while Animal House comes out. I mean, come on, he loves that generation of the SNL guys. And he was like, guys, he's. I was like, which one is it? Is it? I feel like it's, I don't know. And he was like, it's Back to the Future for sure. And I was like, okay. I also saw Back to the Future in the summer in, in Bryan Park with, I don't know, three, 4,000 people. And they put it on the big screen and it was fucking wild. And it, it just is such a summer movie. It just is. Mm. I know it's a little, I know what you're saying, Dave, it's cheesy and campy. No, but that's, that's what, fair. No, that, that's I mean, totally fair. To be fair, I didn't do that with Ghostbusters. And I'm sure a lot of people did go to the drive-ins and see it. And it's awesome as well. But 
it's also just like a little dark. It's it's much more complex. It's like there, there's all this the the things with whatever Sigourney and and Moranis is like. I know it's fun and silly, but it's like I just I feel like Back to the Future. It's easier to justify it being this great adventure sci-fi movie. Not to say that that is contradicting myself from last week when I chose Empire over Raiders for very similar conversation. But I just I think it's Back to the Future. I do so. I got to give it to Dave. I'm sorry, man. I got to do it. I got to go Back to the Future, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and with that sound, we're gonna take a two-minute. Oh wow! Oh, I'm sorry. I played it twice. <laughs> and with that sound, we are gonna take a quick two-minute break to refill our drinks, and we're gonna be back with 1986's Top Gun against 1987's Beverly Hills Cop 2. If you don't think Beverly Hills Cop 2 has a chance against Top Gun, just know Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 were two of the highest-grossing movies ever, and one of them was actually the highest rated R movie for 20 years. So these movies can fucking compete. Let's go, I need to pee and fill up and then we're gonna come back at you with some more podcasts. You ready to go? What is um, that? That's my toilet. Is it a, is it a, hi- is it a hissing sound? We can, yeah, we can clearly, <laughs> we can clearly let's hit, let's hit that toilet. Out. Yeah. Let's hit that out. It's loud, right? Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. There we go. And it's just like me peeing. <laughs> <laughs> it's done yet? Evacu- <laughs> evacuation process. Come. Come. Evacuation. Evacuation. Yeah, Eva- baby. <laughs> it's like. And we're back. <laughs> we're back. Oh, my goodness. And we're back. I should also say, I think Matt with his wife. The um the the producer in the booth. I think they were in Ghostbusters for Halloween last year, so he's gonna come at us again. Oh no! This week yeah, for that they were. I think they were Ghostbusters for Halloween was, this year. Pretty much, we're just it's doing so this good. whole thing uh, just to infuriate Matt. It's yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> I love Ghostbusters is so fucking good. It's so iconic. It's you gotta choose. I feel I do feel like Universal Studios doesn't exist without Back to the Future. You go to the Universal lot, and it's like it's basically like so. This is where you film Back to the Future. Duh, and a million other movies as well filmed in the yeah. exact same lot. It's so obvious when you see them all. Yeah, pretty like, old studio. Yeah, I think they filmed a few other things. All right, people. All right, moving on. John, talk to us about 1986. What was going on that year? 1986. Uh, first of all, we should point out that the movies we're, both, we're about to talk about were both directed by the same person. Tony Scott. <laughs> directed fucking true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Directed Top Gun. And, and before I think that, some people. Sorry, the, the movie. The movie he made one feature film before this, and it made five thousand dollars. <laughs> Thank you. What was that? Wow. What, what was it? I don't even know what that was because I, I definitely I, I, I think of him. I think of him, and I think a lot of people do. Is like Top Gun was kind of his coming out. Just to clarify, it was, it Robert was. Zemeckis. I talked about that. He had made Romancing the Stone and Used Cars, a couple of the pop ones, but that was his big coming out and kind of like in a similar way. He had Tony made, Scott really he had exploded directed, with Top Gun. He had directed some TV series, some short. I don't know what Loving Memory is. So I'm not going to count that in 1971. It's probably some fucking bullshit. He directed The Hunger <laughs> in 1983, <laughs> starring people you've never heard of. And it made... Um, I want to get it again because it was it was like not it made nothing. I said five thousand. Very little. Yeah, I think it's 5, so. 000. Anyone who doesn't know um, the Scots. Oh, it was five million. I'm such an asshole. But but Top Gun uh, still, still. Beverly Hills Cop not two. Close, five million. Right? And he did not direct the first Beverly Hills Cop movie. 
Yeah, not correct. Yeah, which is interesting. A big director who's coming off a huge hit from the year before, you know. Different writers, too. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Top Gun was number one. Um, 170, all basically $2 million gross I have from the numbers. It's about 46 million tickets sold. Um, number two and number three for the summer are Karate Kid Part Two, and then a movie called Back to School. I've never that's heard a of Rodney, or seen that's that. It's a Rodney Dangerfield film. Um, oh, God, you yeah. know it's hilarious. I yeah. get no respect. Yes, <laughs> these people. <laughs> yeah. So what? So let's dance. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody turned a duck. (laughs) You must have been something before electricity. Let me tell you. Okay. Uh, um, Star Trek: The Voyage Home. Uh, They really went to town with Star Trek. Ferris Bueller's motherfucking day off. Has anybody ever heard of that movie? Um, Matthew Broderick. Should I say my chicken soup story again? Matthew Broderick or what? Uh, no, no, I don't think we're good. <laughs> um, Stand by me. We've talked about that one. Scorsese has come. Jeez, uh, Color of Money. Scorsese, Paul Newman, Tom Motherfucking Cruise. Oh, yep. uh, how about Poltergeist? Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that crazy? Steve so we're to actually, that, yeah. And that actually. Folks, just to give you, I feel like that movie is another iconic one. That is like quite a bit down the list. It's sitting at number 19 commercially, and that came out. We would have counted that. It came out May 19th. We would have counted that if it had been way up in the numbers. So it's just funny to think about how a lot of these things just don't really come to the, you know, to the forefront that way. What are the uh, big... The big uh, Oscar movies so for the, that uh, year, The big Jeff? Oscar movie was Platoon, which came out in December. Oh, yeah. it, it would go on to make $138 million, but a lot of that was in the year 1987. Um, but yeah, that right. was um, Oliver Stone won Best Picture and Best Director for that film. He also had Hannah and her sister. So if you've been listening to this whole podcast, that's three Woodies in a row that he was nominated for uh, Best Writing. Children of a Lesser God, of course. Um, Marley Matlin ended up winning... Um, Best Actress uh, in a non-speaking role because she is deaf. A Room with a View came out this year. Daniel Day-Lewis as Cecil. Ooh. Let's go Maggie Smith. Let's go Helena Bottom Carter. Show up. Mona Lisa. Crimes of the Heart. Ron. Oh my God. Oh my Fucking God. Ron <laughs> yeah. comes out this year. And the Palme d'Or went to The Mission. Roland Joffe's The Mission. Oh Daniel. yeah. That's Ennio Ennio Morricone's score. Infamous. Oh yeah. Another one. I think my Hoosiers, favorite movie. Star Trek Four, Mosquito Coast. Three Amigos. Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Pixar Animation Studios is founded. Siskel and Eber going to syndication. American Tale makes a lot of money. And Great Mouse Detective. That's what we got. These are really fun movies. Yeah, Don Booth, shout out. I think one of my favorite movies from this year that I I can quote a million times, and I think it might be somebody's favorite movie in general. The fucking Labyrinth came out this same summer, folks. And it oh, didn't yeah. stand a chance. Mm. Labyrinth is sitting on number 67. It only made $13 million. And that mm. movie has gone on to be such an incre- such intense cult classic. Such a huge classic. Wait, but but tell us, what, what are the numbers? You're looking at the numbers, right? Yeah. I mean, look at two through five. I haven't said any of these yet. 1986? Yeah, you talk about Crocodile Dundee. Did you say that? Yeah, Crocodile Dundee. I didn't say Aliens, number five. Yeah, back Crocodile to, yeah. Dundee was number two. Even Crocodile Dundee is more quotable than Back to the Future. Save! Right. <laughs> Not let this go. Fuck yeah. You know what? I'm going to let that slide because of your fucking accent because everybody knows where the fuck you're from and of course you guys quoted that shit. And the fact that I but There's fucking... two quotes from that movie. <laughs> 
I, I watched Crocodile Dundee. Right <laughs> I watched Crocodile Dundee every summer. I watched, it would come on TV and I would be like, let's fucking watch it, man. I fucking loved Crocodile Dundee. I mean, Dundee. I famously even did the That's Not a Knife gag at my wedding. <laughs> did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you say Karate Kid um, too? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. cool. Right before I said, back to school, I'd never seen that. And Dave said, Rodney Dangerfield. And we did, did you say Poltergeist bit. 2? Because that's a miss for you, huh? Uh, pretty in pink. Not say Poltergeist pretty in too. pink. Peggy Sue got married. Didn't the Fly. The Money Pit. Come on, this is good shit. Heartburn. Hey, sure, Jewel of the... sure. Oh, that was the next. Okay, okay, let's move on. Oh, let's and um, of course, yeah, yeah. the Lady and the Tramp comes out at the end of the year too. Rocky Four. Rocky Four is okay. Uh, fuck it. Let's get. Let's go on. Move on. Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Number forty-four, December 19, nineteen eighty-six. Whoa. Is it good? The podcast? animated. Disney yeah. movie? Yeah. I did not know that was an 80s Disney movie. I thought that was much older than that. Me I'm too. Way off. But I do yeah, remember animation... going... In hindsight, I do remember going and seeing it. Animation does okay. not... Well, f- fuck, I, I'm way off. Texas All right, let's, let's, move on. let's move on. We're losing, we're losing them. <laughs> Nine and a half weeks. She's got to have it. Come on. Okay, let's go. Hoosiers. Oh my God, Hoosiers. Let's go, people. What do you guys think of Top Gun? I rewatched it. Before. I, I told you this, but when we, the new Top Gun movie came out last year, Dave, you were in Australia. I yes. woke up that weekend on Saturday and I wa- I just put Top Gun on because it was on one of the streaming networks, and it was so fucking good. I walked. I just went right <laughs> to the IMAX theater on Forty Second Street, your favorite theater in the world, Dave. And I just fucking went. I, I literally finished Top Gun one and went straight there because I was like so fucking amped up, man. <laughs> this past and, weekend, and then my you brother had to go to Lincoln I... Center because their projector didn't work or something. See, <laughs> mm, time's great. Don't trust it. I'm this past weekend, my brother and I watched like all the flight scenes from Maverick. We just like just the flight scenes. To all the yeah, all of the big the guys that did scenes. the flying man. What a what a time of their life, man. The guys that did the flying. Oh god. Uh, all right, so I, I think I have mentioned this on our Top Gun episode. Which, by the way, I just wanted to plant this seed. Jeff, Dave was out of town as as you just mentioned. Yeah. That episode never got posted, bro. You did not post our Top Gun Maverick episode. Post it where? I didn't. I can't see it. It's not on our. It's in the podcast feed. I had fucking church members who told me that they liked our Top Gun episode. Really? I can't. I couldn't find it. Church members doing listening to our podcast. (laughs) Brandon said he couldn't find it either. Anyway, did it get erased? That That definitely came out. I I I remember Charlie Day coming up to me and be like, "Everything you said about Val Kilmer was so great on your Top Gun episode." I was like, "Hey, thanks, Charlie." Charlie Day, not Charlie Day of It's Always Sunny. If anybody's if anybody is listening um good, good question yeah if i if i went to church with charlie day that'd be fun in new jersey yeah can you guys believe it um <laughs> so i think i mentioned this on our episode but top gun has a very special place in my heart because <laughs> my best friend from childhood uh adam and i stole that movie as we did quite often when we were really young probably like six years old from his dad's collection <laughs> That is the first sex scene I ever watched. Do, 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 do. Yeah, take your breath away. <laughs> oh my Oscar, god, that, Oscar that song still Best does song. weird things to me. Oscar, it's a great fucking song, dude. But in general, that was like one of the a more like it was a drama, you know, that I stole when I watched when I was a kid. Like one of the first times I had seen a movie that was kind of dealt with adult themes, kind of sexual, but also the death of Goose. You know, this movie. I saw this probably too young, but it had such an intense effect on me. Yeah, that, that beach just, volleyball scene just really did it for you, huh? 
Oh, sure, 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 yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's hung on. It's hung on. I, I will completely admit and agree with people who have now watched and enjoyed Maverick a lot that the first one is not as in the same world. It just didn't maybe hold up for them. But I still I still have a real soft spot for Tony Scott's fucking opening <laughs> career opus. Uh, yeah, Dave, the lyrics the- of Highway to the Danger Zone are so dumb. And that movie fucking slaps. If you, guys, Google the lyrics of Highway to the Danger Zone. Google it. And the lyrics are so fucking dumb. Dave, go ahead. What, what do you think? Go yeah, Dave, come at us. Um I actually uh yeah, I remember seeing Top Gun um vaguely. And then uh I think it was around the same time was it around the same time Iron Eagle came out? Which I think yes. was one of the plain knockoff movies. I think I've seen Iron yes. Eagle more than I've seen Top Gun. Iron mm. Eagle came out in number thirty eight that year at at uh hundred and forty million dollars less than Top Gun, yes. And I think I've seen it more than I've seen Top Gun. Nice. The special <laughs> effects in Iron Eagle are pretty funny. Yeah. They are yeah, they, they are. are not strong. Nope. <laughs> yeah, they nope. didn't care so that guys, age, but yeah. The lyrics of Danger Zone, revving oh up God. your engine, listening to her howling roar, metal under tension, begging you to touch and go. Just for the record, engine and tension kind of roar and go don't even rhyme and then it just goes highway to the, it just fucking goes right to this weird it, chorus. I mean, no great chorus. Roar and go <laughs> rhyme if you if you pronounce it gar. <laughs> Let's let's go. Let's go. Um, you got heading into twilight, spreading out her wings tonight. She got you jumping off the deck, showing into overdrive. Again, I don't think there's any rhymes in there. It's just fucking saying words about planes and shit. <laughs> it is such a dumb song. Kenny Loggins, man, just fucking own the 80s with these weird ass. Footloose is yeah. the lyrics of Footloose are so catchy and they're so dumb. It's so Kenny Loggins. Good for you, man. You did it. You fucking figured it out. We should also point out that both of these movies were produced by the same guys, Don Simpson and Jer- uh, uh, Bruckheimer. They did the Bruck, uh, Top yeah. Gun and, and then they did, uh, Beverly Hills. They did Cops both Beverly Hills. Too. They, they probably yeah. got Top Gun because Beverly Hills 1 was such a fucking huge hit. Yeah. Jerry Bruck. <laughs> guys. Uh, the music, uh, the music, I think, is by. We're talking Top Gun. This same... is our Top Gun episode, huh? <laughs> Faltermeyer. Oh, wait, wait. Harold Faltermeyer do. Yeah, yeah he did, did do... Beverly Hills Cop 2, yeah. But did he not do the music for uh, Top Gun as well? Am I off on that? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he I'm was very on, popular in the time. He did. He did. It's Harold Faltermeyer. So that man yeah. is responsible for the amazing themes. Do, 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 I, yeah. as well oh, as... That's good. That's a good one. As well as the Top Gun theme, the I mean, come on, like all these things are just so. And also the the guitar, the, same the guitar solo, you... <laughs> as well. I uh, that, that was one good. of the first things I ever learned on a guitar was how to do that solo. Yeah, of course yeah. it was, yeah. dude. Of course it was. All right, so it's really funny. They obviously have an actual villain in this, which they don't. I actually liked in Maverick that they didn't have a villain. I kind of like that the the flyer. They just they do their job. I, we don't need to know who the villain is. We don't need mm. to know the Saudis or whatever. Like just this is the gig. You just one day do I'll what watch you're that. Told. I liked it. 
Dave, God, go see fucking Maverick, man. How many times? How many times are we gonna buzz you for not seeing Maverick? Yeah, you um, really missed out, dude. But there's something about. Please tell me you guys have seen the the Tarantino video that ended up in a movie that was apparently like a famous rant that he would say that he agreed to put in a movie where he talks about it how it's the best gay movie of all time and the whole thing is just a metaphor for homosexuality and then at the very end like the conversation like him and Goose have. Where it's like, hey, you can like be my tail every time. Him and Iceman. Him and Iceman. Ice yeah. Sorry, you can be my wingman Sorry, anytime. And he's like, yeah, yeah. The whole thing. You got to see it. It's so funny. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't want to be with uh, Kelly. Uh, what's her name? He doesn't want. Like, yeah. No, no, it wasn't McGillis. LeBrock. It was McGillis. Yeah. It's like he chooses. LeBrock he was weird her. science. It's like, yeah. oh my, I'm telling you, you got to see it. It's so funny, man. It's fucking Tarantino, and it's like his voice. He's, he's like, this is it. It's the best gay movie of all time. Top Gun. Oh my god, it's so All right, well funny. let's 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 call out some some obvious differences for like what people may have thought going into these movies. Top Gun one of these movies one of these movies Wait, wait. We did Top Gun. Should we do Beverly Hills Cop and give that a quick overview and then talk about both let's, of them? Let's yeah, let's do a quick overview and then talk about both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So quick. 1987. I could have just said that. Don't you skip good movies here. You got to go for the whole thing. Okay, okay, Jeff wants the list. So the number one, two, and three spot for the summer blockbusters of 1987, number one, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Number two, The Untouchables. Number three, Funny Random Wildcard, The Witches of Eastwick. I what love it, I love that. Fucking, yeah. What a weird movie, yeah. <laughs> That's super fun. Yeah. But Women, the other famous mistake, movies from that year. Or did year. he do it to us on purpose? <laughs> Jack, dude. Uh, we have Fatal Attraction, which is technically the second highest grossing movie of the year. It actually would become the number um, one because they re-released it after it won a bunch of Oscars and stuff. So, But but that not in this year. It, it ended up making more yeah, money. Yeah, the, next the year. following year. Right, right. Platoon is again technically in the year before, but it ended up being the third highest grossing commercial movie of 1987 with its re-release after the Oscars. Uh, Three Men and a Baby, that's cute. Um, yeah. The Secret of My Success, Take Out Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon movie, came out March. I just 6th, want to go on the record as well. There is no ghost in Three Men and a Baby. Stop fucking looking for it. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a it thing. Was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yep. Uh, a little movie called Predator, which I love. Like again, that uh, you, you would think that movie was a gigantic success, but it's sitting it's very safely at number ten, about a hundred million dollars behind Beverly Hills Cop Two. I just love the hundred. I just love the Steven Seagal story. Beverly Hills Cop Two. The Steven Seagal story from Predator is my one of my favorites. How he was like such a dick because he was the predator at the beginning. He was originally cast as the predator. What? And he. I'm not wearing all this. He, no, he, he insisted on doing his own stunts. And wow. so the the where the predator jumps off the log and they do that shot where it lands, uh, he was in one of those suits, but of course he's a lot shorter. But he jumped and this thing weighs like 150 pounds or whatever, and he popped both his knees because he insisted on doing it himself. And that was it; he was done with the wow. movie. They put they put the Steven new predator Seagal. in, and that's yeah, what we that ended up with. Yeah, that guy's huge too. That guy was a better, so much better. Uh, choice. We got another movie that made us Dirty Dancing. Got to see that movie that made 12. us. It's so good. La, 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 Number fourteen. Bop, bop. La Pamba, sure. La Pamba. Guys, how many people you, have seen you were going to skip La Pamba. You went to 14. You were going right to Robocop. You were I fucking was, I was sliding Dude, away from La Pamba. Lou wow. Diamond Phillips is doing a one-week production of Miss Saigon in Texas right now. Man, you got to give him some love so he gets back into some movies, man. Come on. Uh, I do want to shout out 14, Robocop. Fucking sweet movie. Yep. Probably not appreciated as much as it should have been in its time. That's a good movie. It's not just a good 
action movie. That's a fucking brilliant movie. And Matt, again, Mark, come at me. Awesome Mark, satire. I think Mark agrees with me. He loves that movie as much as I do. Yeah, I, I love that movie. Um, I'll fuck anyone up who criticizes that. Fortune, Living Daylights. Come on, uh, Full Metal Jacket, bro. Let's full go. Full Metal Jacket. Get out of here. Um, planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Cute little comedy by Mr. Those John Hughes. pillows. <laughs> fucking space space balls, balls. <laughs> eddie, eddie murphy raw is somehow on this eddie list murphy raw which i think is pop which because and isn't that funny that it's on this list but is it the first one or the second one where he passes the two guys on the street that are wearing the raw suits the suits that he wears or are they, is in he, raw oh no the delirious suits because the same suit just different it's, color yeah. right Laurent delirious. okay yeah excuse one's me, red one's blue me. i think uh, how about in, no, uh, no Way Out? Wall I don't Street? get it. How does Kevin Costner keep getting work? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No Way Out. Wall Street, Wall number Street. 33. I love you in Wall Lost Street. Boys. <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer had a big year. Didn't he make uh, Lost Boys as well? And? Princess Bride, Harry and the Hendersons. Right, we could go on forever. It's okay. just, folks, you, I, it's I funny actually, to look back else? on these lists. Like, there are so many famous movies that come out every year. Untouchable. Good morning. Time. I was Vietnam, in the city at a party last Moonstruck. night. I saw someone wearing the missing poster from, like, Lost Boys, and it had, like, the, all the vampires on it. And I, nice. I was like, dude, that's a great shirt. It turned out to be uh, Damien Leone, the director of Terrified 2, and one. That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, Hoosiers. Um, Bertolucci Fresh is coming, the by the way. Bertolucci crushed at the Oscars with Best Picture and Best Director for The Last Emperor. Uh, God, Moonst- a good movie. Moonstruck. You said The Untouchables. Radio Days. That's Woody Allen again. He just keeps fucking crushing G.I. Joe the movie. Ernest Goes to Camp. And Radio Days is a good, great movie too. Evil Dead 2 and Big Shots did come out this year. Superman 4, another one on our oh. list. And this is Teen Wolf That's an 2. interesting episode to listen to. Yeah, I was <laughs> not Wolf on it. 2? Thank God. No, Teen Wolf Superman 2. 4. Jason Bateman. <laughs> Um, that was that was our first right. taste of the Bateman. Aristocats. Okay, <laughs> Silver Spoons, dude. Wasn't he the kid on that show? That was like yeah, was oh, that, that was the other thing I forgot to mention uh, earlier with the Back to the Future thing. I didn't uh, realize at the time the two kids. Oh, sorry, I watched I, when I bought bought it. I watched the second one, and where he goes to the future, mm-hmm. and uh, the two kids playing the video like the video game, and he's like, "Oh, I'll show you how to play it." And they're like, "You have to use your hands. It's like a baby's toy." And one of those kids. Is a very young Frodo. Elijah? Ah, uh-huh. uh, yeah, very young. Yeah, very young. He's, he's like, like six now. or something. Yeah. Well, I'm like forty now, dude. Come on, he can't be. No, I think, he, no, I think he's older than you. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm sure he's fucking older than me. I'm just saying. I, you know, I was like a fucking. Yeah, I was like. What? When did the second one come out? 1989, 1988. Anyway, we're getting off track. Sorry, we'll, we'll figure that out later. But he's eighty-one, so <laughs> yeah, that makes anyway. that makes sense. If it's eighty-seven, he's he's a yeah, he's he, he you know. So we we I was one years old. We okay. have avoided talking okay. about Beverly Hills Cop two so far during the Beverly Guys, Hills I Cop re- two okay, section. Okay, so I want to be honest. <laughs> I want to let me kick this off because I had never seen any of these movies before. I they I'd were never, a, did you rewatch them recently? No, they were a black hole for me. So I watched number one and number two the past couple nights. Me too. That's what I, I did this recent. I watched them recently. Yeah, so they're on Paramount Plus right now. If anybody yeah. wants, has Paramount Plus, and I started like a free. Tri- I started yeah. a free trial. Got to cancel it this week. They were fun. They were fun. I totally see why. I think you also have to really like put yourself in the zone for. No one was bigger on planet Earth than 
like Michael Jackson was like the only person more popular than Eddie Murphy when these movies came out. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was, he was huge. Bill at, Murray, at the might, time, Bill right? Murray, Bill Murray might be up there, but yeah, 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 definitely. Michael yeah, Jackson. Yeah. He might be, but just that commercial iconic celebrity star power kind of thing. So for me, a kid of the nineties, you know, I'm used to watching Eddie Murphy play a zillion characters and, you know, do all these funny voices and everything. Yeah. And that's not these movies. This is him playing a single character they're not exclusively comedic. They are, they are comedic. There are elements mm. of comedy for sure, but it's a legitimate like cop movie, detective yeah. action it's a, movie. It's a three-way buddy comic, <laughs> really? like buddy cop movie. Dave, yeah. what is the I character? Think that, was, that was the thing that was so unique about it too, because it was like it, you get your buddy cop movies, but this is the first time there was like a buddy trio. I think. And they had a lot of love for each other. They he really, was singular, was though. Like Eddie a... was the lead. He wasn't real buddy cop because usually they share. But Eddie was obviously the lead of this. But he had his Detroit crew and then he had his Beverly Hills team. So Beverly Hills 2, the premise is that somebody dies in Beverly Hills and he wants to go kind of help them out. So he pretends to kind of take this like leave. And, and you know, he's still like sort of working in Detroit thanks to... um um uh who plays who plays his friend in america what who it's not steve gutenberg it's like um it's paul reiser paul reiser paul reiser Reiser. so but yeah so like it is it's cool but in the first one it's like it's always him though you know what i mean it's it's always eddie yeah i mean i had to pause it in the first 20 minutes because i was like i need a break from eddie murphy talking (laughs) so really did you know i will say this I know he he almost turned it into a gimmick later on. The stars can turn the things that people know about them on themselves. Look at Taylor Swift, who just played MetLife Stadium this past week in the New York City area. Um, Eddie Murphy's laugh is really fucking weird. Yeah, and in this movie, <laughs> in this movie, it's bizarre. And 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 he, you know, he does it in Donkey. He does it in Mulan. He does it in The Nutty Professor. He does it in Trading Places. He does it in which is before all this. And then he does it in um, um, Coming to America sometimes, although they don't laugh very much. But like. He, this movie, it's fucking weird. I, I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. I had the laugh. <laughs> so it, it yeah, is a little, there was a lot of that. Catches you off yeah. guard. Mm. But he's funny. Dave, he's so Dave, charismatic right, though. He's so charismatic. He is charismatic as shit, but the, the gimmick things that Dave is referring to, I think there are way more of them in the second one than the first one where yeah, it's, it's him coming in and he needs information from somebody. So he does a character yeah, and he just—it's just a rant. I feel, I know, I feel like all of his characters rant. I feel like his characters are comedians. Yeah, I feel like in the <laughs> screenplay, it was just a blank page with Eddie riffs. Well, Eddie Murphy yeah. Productions <laughs> produced part two yeah, here. They did. Eddie gets the information. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think, I think, um, <laughs> so my <it's> favorite <laughs> part, my favorite part of both of these movies is Gilbert R. Hill, his boss. Oh God! Yeah, 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 yeah. In Detroit. Just God. You quintessential angry captain. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Like, I mean, just fucking the way he cursed. Some people are just hilarious cursing. Yeah. He was that guy for me. It's like when you exasperate Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Like, it exasperated Samuel L. Jackson. There's nothing funnier. And this was the same thing. Like, pissed off. This guy pissed off was hilarious. I feel like, I feel like this guy is also who Tim Meadows. Uh, like he's ripping channels. off all the time, Whatever. yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's do- it was stay uh, away out of here. Every, we- every t- yeah, every t- you don't want none of this shit. <laughs> every time I hear him go off, like uh, it kind of reminded me of um, what was it, War Games, when they're right at the end right. of the thing, and he's like, they're talking yeah. to the colonel. He's like, God damn, I'd piss on a spark plug if I thought it'd do any good. It's, yeah. it's like- <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so all right, Jeff, say something. Well, you I was like you've been wanting. 
Well, I, I just want to say that the trouble with this movie, and because it's so good, and it's got oh. Red Sonia herself, and and Eddie. So it, the, there's so many iconic things. Him in the pool. Um, there's so many good things. Him, you know, with the like the, all of all of it is so so fun. The first one's better. I think. I think that's Dave. That's kind of what I wanted to ask you. And I know you were a young person when you saw this, but we see the numbers. We went over them. Mm-hmm. I know. I know it did so well. Have a look at the numbers for Beverly well, Hills Cop Three. Happen... <laughs> Sorry. Have a look at the numbers for Beverly Hills Cop Three, and you'll see how they responded to. They did. They did. Yeah. They go down yeah. a lot. Yeah. Not so good. So we have seen this, uh, as as Dave kind of alluded to. I think we really do need to make sure people put their heads around. This time period, my oh, dog, dogs. Sorry. It's always around this no, time. Rabbit, so now Amazon driver bites the dogs. This up. <laughs> um, franchise wasn't a thing, as Dave was saying. Like yeah. I, we, I even, of course, like any child of the eighties and nineties, we remember when trilogies were a thing. Yeah, you got trilogies. That was it. Franchises, right? So let's just we have to put that in the zone. We have definitely gone to see movies, or when we when we were young people, we went to see movies that were sequels or the third in a trilogy, just because we were fans of the first or the second, or the first mm-hmm. and second. So I'm not shocked that yeah. this movie did well because the first one kind of came out of nowhere and was so successful. But compared to the, a lot of the other movies we just listed that I would have thought would have been very attractive summer blockbusters, I'm genuinely surprised this movie is so much more successful than some of the other movies that we listed that came out in the summer. At the time, did it feel that way? Or when it came out, were people like, yeah, of course, Beverly well, Hills Cop 2 is the best movie of the summer. And yeah, so did you not see back, the first one? It's then, a fucking it was solid like, gold. The thing is, back when this was released, you weren't bombarded with marketing materials. So right, it right. was a case of you, you either saw the trailer like in a quick TV ad or on a poster on the wall. You knew nothing about that movie when you walked in. You didn't see the advanced like stuff oh, that we that we like we don't we don't get a fucking year long trailer and internet campaign like back then cuz none of that existed. So you were going in blind. Word of mouth? Yeah, it was a was it yeah. um sort of, but it, like even word of mouth it came through the newspaper or it you know you told your friends. That was it. Like that was there where the reviews happened. They they did a good. I feel like nowadays it's different the way they do callbacks. Like they try to be a little cheeky. And this there there were a lot of callbacks. Watching the two back to back, John, did you notice that everything from like I'll shoot you, Jeffrey, to no drinking on the jobs, the strip club, like the structure, so many, yeah, but the, the jokes, but the action yeah. was turned. It turned into the Gray Man where there was so much action by the end that you were like, none of this is interesting anymore because it's just shoot him up, just violence, just glass. How much glass broke in this movie? <laughs> oh my God, there was so much glass breaking. Was, I, I love I, I love I the, will say the, the one carpet, the first one is so good guys go watch the first one go on paramount plus and watch it it's the first one so good the second one it's they're high-fiving each other it's, it's it was a curtain call it was an encore that somehow became is, the highest strange. Movie this year. I, I just want to point out how strange it is and i know that you know movies take years to make so it's not like it's not like tony scott made top gun and then he was on the top of the world and then he made he, he made these before these movies you know hit the theaters but it is funny to me that the same guy made them and i look at top gun as having a little bit more originality and substance to trying to tackle a fun action piece that hadn't really been done that well before and then doing the kind of the opposite of that a sequel of something that had already been done and really leaning into the what you just said the the repeats the repetition, the callbacks mm. to the things that work so well in the first one. Um, this is absolutely the classic, like, shoot 'em up of the 80s. Like, the yeah. sound effects editors 
pew, of this pew. movie. The gunshots are so <laughs> the gunshots, unrealistic. It's like two gunshots. There are like two gun sounds in this movie has so many. I'm not picking on those guys. I'm the machine sure, you know, gun, sound, the machine gun them, sounds but. were pretty wild, but the, the other guns are just pwah. <laughs> Kind of, kind of silly. Um, so I think, unfortunately, I know we're not really comparing them yet, but having done what Jeff and I both did, which I know we weren't, you know, we weren't alive then. We couldn't really talk about we were alive, but we didn't see them with teenagers or adults. You, you know, and talk about our experience in the like. theater. When we were <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> right. But having just watched them, I did feel like one surprised me and me I enjoyed too. myself. And two felt like what we all talk about when we say like a sequel, like just repeat the recipe and let's make some fucking yeah. money. Success. They did it. They yeah. tricked them. Yeah. Eddie Murphy, Dave, they got Eddie Murphy Productions bought a, they bought a couple <laughs> new houses, some nice cars. Eddie Murphy Productions, man, really did a good job on this one. But that is so funny. And I'm also, I also want to point out that stars are always necessary. We, we, we always we're always going to rely on star power to Chris get people Rock, into the Gilbert seats. Gottfried. Hey, God, Gilbert was good. Oh yeah, that was. But I think this is super proof. This is super it's, it's, proof. It's nice to know that, that he hasn't changed his shit like shtick since Gilbert the eighties. His eyes like, never opened. Yeah, <laughs> both of them, everyone you just listed. Um, this one, I think, especially not just the IP of the success of the first one, but people came back to the theater because Eddie Murphy was in another movie. Mm. Like this yeah. movie came out, and they were yeah. like, "Let's go watch him do anything." He's the biggest star on planet Earth, so. Dave, yeah. I hear you. Let's I think all, even let's in go America, watch there Nash. may have been more. Yeah. No, let's let's not. <laughs> Wait, Eddie Murphy said something funny. Eddie Murphy goes, "Guys, I do work to make money. So when I, if a movie doesn't work, it's not my fault. When Pluto Nash comes on in my house, it's like a holiday. We all sit there and high five each other because it bought us this house. Eddie Murphy is so funny when he talks about like, but he made a lot of money for a movie that didn't. I heard do him well. say that too. He's what like, was that Hollywood like, Reporter? What no, was that on? I heard no, him say that too. I know it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on um the um the awards chatter. Yeah, awards chatter. That's a great podcast. Um, yeah. So I know we're maybe I'm jumping ahead, but for me, there's no doubt in my mind which movie I'm going with. I don't know. It's Top Gun. And, you know here? what? Well, you know what? And we we could talk about Top Gun forever, but we're gonna it's we're gonna talk about it in the next round. Dave, what do you want to say? I don't know. Um, yeah, is this two I weeks in a row like you're wearing the same shirt? Dave, do your fucking laundry. I did. Get Dave. That's why it's no. the same shirt. Every week, Harvard Law. I don't Law, think it sat in the hamper. I mean, nobody thinks week, you went to bro. Harvard dude, Law. We're listening dude, to we, we, Okay. Oh, yeah. You can't see the bottom of it, can you? Uh, just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> okay. No, I'm on yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, last week we changed costumes twice. So, you know. No, true. I think. Um, I mean, it's funny because oh, earlier, right. earlier in the week, I, I did try and tee Jeff up to pretend he was going to vote for Belly Hills Cop 2 over this just to did have you? some fun. Yeah. Yeah. You got to read your fucking text, man. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, I hadn't even seen the movie cause yet. Because I, I thought it would have been, I thought it would have been funny, like, to just watch John lose his mind because he thought we were going to Wait, gonna, but no. you told me that a character was going to change. What did a character change? Huh? You said like a character was going to be totally different in the second movie from the first. Oh yeah, yeah. The um the young guy. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, Billy. Uh, uh, the whole judge, the whole we need to talk. Judge Ronald. It was Judge Ronald. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the whole we need to talk Billy thing because he just he goes completely his fucking gung ho. Yeah, with yeah, the guns. His gun yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah, he got gun crazy. Okay. 
That was fun. That was funny. I, I did but again, I think train. I think we like the joke was kind of abandoned because I think we knew how this was going to go when I sent you guys the photo um, of the screen when I was rewatching Beverly Hills Cop Two because <laughs> this one did not fucking age well at all. And uh, to like, we're we talking about the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, yeah. The Playboy Mansion scene, the strip club scene, the uh, I don't know, referring to Bridget Nielsen as that tall bitch. Like none of it, none of <laughs> it is. That is probably not great. The yeah, the, the, I don't mind the Not cool, man. None of this was cool. I didn't mind the strip club scene. That's, I, I, I mean, it could it. that scene could have happened literally anywhere. But anyway, um, classic eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It was alive and well. That shit. Yeah, oh, doing yeah. work at the strip. Yeah, I see. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I, then the 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 shot that i sent you where he's in the pool and you can see the entire fucking crew and two lights in his sunglasses reflection i'm like this is just shitty filmmaking it's literally just a money grab yeah top gun all the way it was never not going to be top gun and eddie murphy said martin rest take a hike i'm getting the guy who did the hunger and made five million dollars let's go (laughs) so i just want to point out out of our um so we have empire over raiders and we have um et over jedi and then we had back to the future over um help me out ghostbusters jesus christ we ghostbusters that's top one yeah and now top gun over this every time other than maybe back to the future we're leaning a little bit more towards movies that are have some consequence they're not realism folks it's not yeah i'm not saying that it's not drama but we're, we're it's, I don't know. We're feeling movies that maybe are standing the test of time a little bit better, just because they they have some kind of reality I to mean, them, and it's not. We're four into the forty. We got to do. It's a little early to call that. <laughs> sure, but that's eight fucking movies. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, that's yeah. eight great movies too. That I would still watch yeah, all of them. It's a million four times. out of the twenty. Eight out of the forty. <laughs> so that was fun. I'm glad. I, hey, you know what? I'm glad I saw Beverly Hills Cop finally. I, I had never fucking watched it. I mean, the first movies. one's great. So the third one is not worth it. Is that what you're telling me? I'm not. I'm not watching take it. A chance? I, I, I don't know. I'd like to tell you, but I can't remember to be honest. <laughs> I'm not watching it. That is terrible sign. I think I, 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 th- I, th- I think I took a girl to see that and just we made out in the theater instead. Congra- Congra- Dave. Congrats, Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Give me that. Give me that. We both did it. We both did it. <laughs> and Dave, the gush buzzer, pun intended. Uh, okay, oh, so damn. that was that was uh, that was 1984-85, and then 1986. Wait, you know what's funny? You know what's funny about Beverly Hills Cop Three? So Eddie Murphy like single-handedly chose John Landis, the director of Animal House and so many hit movies. Of Blues all brothers. his life, Blues Brothers. Um, he for Beverly Hills Cop three. Apparently, uh, Tony Scott said no, and he didn't like Martin Brass. So all three of these movies had different directors, different teams, and John Landis couldn't bring the ship home. <laughs> he couldn't land the plane for Beverly Hills Cop three. <laughs> Sorry, John. I hope you got paid well. It has a six. The third movie has a meta score of sixteen out of a hundred. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna be honest. I just it, it is. From a distance, whoops, just hit my microphone. I heard From that. a distance of someone who, again, I grew up with the fucking, starting with Coming to America, but then definitely into the 90s Eddie Murphy's oh, movies. Yeah. This is kind of weird for me, watching him not lean into the character, even because his stand-up is character-based. Sometimes he is Eddie, but a lot of it, he goes into characters and talks. Oh, yeah. And so it's, it was weird kind of watching him try to 
watch these movies and think of him like he's like legitimately trying to turn into kind of a badass movie star that still does mm. some comedy every now that's and then that's why he stormed out when he didn't win an oscar for dream girls yeah oh yeah sure dream girls yeah 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 sure, he probably, sure, he probably sure. should have won an oscar he's for really dream good girls, at dream but girls. he's really, really good but so is alan arkin yeah but so yeah i'm just just to be honest with you it was a little strange watching these because it kind of made me think like uh uh he had so much more success when he leaned into his, let me just play all the characters and let me just be as comedic mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. And by doing that, I would argue that his protagonists in those movies ended up having a lot more emotional consequence. Yeah. Even coming to America, but certainly Nutty Professor. Mm. Definitely. Um, uh, damn it. What's the other one in the late 90s? Help me out. Nutty Professor? What was no, post Nutty Professor. There was another one that he did. There was another like multiple characters one. Anyway, so I think that I think I think for me that was what shined the most. Whereas with this one, Doctor Doolittle, Axel... <laughs> it probably wasn't Doctor Doolittle, just but I forgot he made that, that until, until you just said that. I forgot that he, he made, made that movie. So much money for Doctor Doolittle. What are you talking about? Bowfinger, Light, I think, uh, Mulan, Holy I think Man, Axel Foley, Metro, yeah, Mulan. He was great. I think with Axel Foley. I think I was just I think I think there was a little bit of me that just felt like I'm almost I'm almost waiting for him to stop being Axel Foley so I can start laughing at him. Like I know that might be mm. laughing with I, him. I know you know? Mean, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that is that's where I'm Wait, gonna but go. Guys, guys, guys. Out along the edges. Always oh where God. I burn to be. The, f- the further on the edge, which is the same word but a different tense. So it's fucked up. The, ho- the, edge. the hotter the intensity. So burn to be hotter intensity, I'll intensity. say. Guys, highway to the and then they say higher to the danger zone. Over and over and over and over and over. What do you mean watching? Wait, 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 wait. Last 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 little bit. We didn't we didn't celebrate it quite enough. Is Top Gun when Tom Cruise became the next Tom Cruise because they didn't know he was Tom Cruise when he did Risky Business. That was his first, right? That was the first time where they were like, who's this guy? Was Top was Top Gun the first time they were like, international blockbuster superstar, you can fucking bet on it? Maybe. I think so. Do you think that was the beginning? I mean, Dave? Legend, I mean, Legend was in there somewhere as well. Legend. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, really, really good. I just wanted to point that out. Not all the, been watching. all the right Sorry. moves. Yeah, Top Gun, because then immediately it was color money, cocktail, I mean, young risk, guns, risky, Rain Man. Yeah, risky like, business was very, very popular though. Like that. And it's, it's so good, and but it's I not think, a uh, for, summer flock. Forty years old. Forty, forty years old today. Risky business is forty years today. Oh yeah, today, yeah. Mm. Fuck. That movie had a big impact on me as well when I was a really young well, child. He told this, I saw yeah. all these movies way too early. Yeah. Tom Cruise <laughs> told this story one time, and they're like, "What's it? He does, he doesn't know what it's like to struggle because he did three auditions in his life, and he booked them all. It was like Endless Love. No, it was Taps. I don't know how he got Endless Love. It was like one of them, The Outsiders, and Risky Business, and that's it. Those are the only auditions he ever had to do in his life. It's fucking Tom fucking motherfucking. He Cruise, never dude. auditioned just... for a movie he didn't get. Can you Matt fucking... McConaughey did the same thing. He booked his very first audition and never failed. <laughs> he didn't have Movie to audition stars, for dude. contact. Just... Like he didn't hmm. have to like. Ugh, <laughs> I don't think he so. Got it. Got it. 
Yeah. All right. Um, fantastic, you guys. Jeff. Fuck, I meant I'm to just hit, glad I'm not getting any. I meant to hit the John one. I meant to hit the. I meant to hit the John one, and I just. Okay, sure, sure. Go fuck yourself. But that sound means that it's time to get into our final segment of the episode. What you've been watching, where we tell each other what we've been watching. I know you two have just seen uh, a little Spider-Man movie. I watched <laughs> the end of Ted Lasso. Marvelous as Maisel. I've not seen the end of Barry yet. It's Emmy dump season, so this is when all the yeah, movies. Yeah, I got to catch up on Barry. I'm so far behind. This has been all the all the shows that want Emmys uh, are done now because they all had to come out around like the beginning of May or so. Guys, and... the billboards are insane over yeah. here this time of year. They're for your consideration. Every fucking show you've it's, ever it's fucking like heard of is in It's like magpies in spring in Australia. God, so, especially near me, that Sunset Strip is just covered. So I like the way Mrs. Maisel ended, but the the season on the whole, and last season too, the first season was the best, you know, and it, it's 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 okay. There's there's a lot of good stuff in it. I like the way it landed. Ted Lasso. It's basically Beverly Hills Cop. It's basically yeah. Ted Lasso yeah. was a. Um, what was that for? Ted Lasso. A shitty joke. <laughs> Ted Lasso is I th- I would say most i understand why most people would be very moved by Listeners, it jeff has had a rocky ride with with ted lasso this he is really him bringing has. it home yeah. i thought somebody <laughs> yesterday that i that doesn't listen to this podcast was like i just didn't know when to turn into a drama and i literally like almost jumped out of my seat i was like thank you when did it become a prestige drama and at the end at the end of this uh, for anybody who's seen this when he writes in on the book you know the obviously the book of the if you're watching the final season is going to come out and he said it shouldn't be called the Lasso way. It should be called the Richmond way because it was never about me. And it was like, you're right. You gave up on yourself. This season, Ted <laughs> was not the lead of his own fucking show because yeah. they decided to prop every other character up and Why give does that them keep this happening? whole What's like, the name of this show? <laughs> to give that, I know. But he, he like, <laughs> Nate, I, I just, I didn't need to have a psychological like thriller out they of really, Nate. I yeah, just, they really went there, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the restaurant either, but... too. They did this whole thing with the restaurant getting hate crimed and then they just left it for four episodes because I guess it wasn't useful for them anymore. Like they took some swings and misses. The final episode where they have Roy Kent and Jamie fighting. Don't spoil and, it. No, no, don't spoil no, it. No, come on. They, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I haven't seen any of this yet. Well, to what we always say, you got to play to the top of your intelligence. You can't dumb the yes. characters down. Jamie and Roy, they dumbed them down and it made me fucking furious. At the in the last episode, they said the dumbest shit, and I was like, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> Guys, they're smarter than this. You can't yeah, you can't make them dumb. The, it's not yeah. funny when your characters are dumber than they are. When when that is the difference between network television, now, in my opinion, like and like good cable or streaming television is when that's what made it cinematic, no. was when you weren't relying on those kinds of tropes. Now, when your characters do things that are dumber than they are in real life and they get mad about it. Like, I'll just use Jason Alexander in Seinfeld. So many times where he was like, I can't believe I did this fucking thing. And it's hilarious. That's great. But when your characters are like, they genuinely are serious and the thing that they're serious about is dumb, it's bad writing. And I'm sorry, Ted Lasso this season suffered from really bad writing when it comes to things like that. On the whole, it aren't fine. But I I really think this season, when it came to some of the characters, it took some huge swings that they weren't ready to follow through on. And I think it was bad writing. And it was moving, but it just wasn't for me. Next, who's next? Pay your writers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hey, you out of work writers. Give your writers the chance. It's okay if they've... Are imperfect. Oh, by the way, writers of Ted Lasso. Did you see that the? Uh, <laughs> not what I'm saying. <laughs> you see the DGA signed a deal overnight. 
But I can't hear either of you. You're talking. Did, to, what, did you what? see the DGA sign a deal overnight? Apparently, there's no. a tentative deal for the DGA with studios. Uh, but but SAG is going to strike, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, but the DGA going yeah, out would have sped it up so much. Yeah, yeah, why did they do that? I, I didn't don't know, know but writers are pissed. Of course they are. <laughs> Fuck, damn. Yeah. My people. Is it because HBO changed their settings? <laughs> <laughs> so this week I went and saw Across the Spider-Verse, as we mentioned. They updated their Max, they updated their Max app and they were like, And the DJ said, in. sign. Whatever you <laughs> want. Yeah. Automate Anything the shit out of us. To. Let's go. <laughs> Dave, what have you been watching? I, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I went and saw Spider-Verse and I cannot recommend it enough. Um, see it on the biggest fucking screen you can. It's amazing. The writing is brilliant. The animation is beautiful. Um, and I feel like this is a really good like alternate medium to like the, like the Marvel multiverse. This is going to create its own thing. I feel like they're hinting like crazy that there's going to be a live action Miles Morales before we know it. Um, Cause there's been hints for Should that in at least three movies. Yeah. Of uh, the Wu-Tang saga and, and Hulu that none of you listening have ever seen. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck are you talking about? Have you seen the Wu-Tang show? No. I did. Our, our, our classmate is on it. Oh, yeah. John, have you seen it? That's... Because our classmate's on it. I haven't seen any of it. I bumped into him the other day. He looked so good. I didn't go to the same fucking school as you. <laughs> I bumped into I bumped into Elijah the other day in Washington Square Park, and he he was he, he sat down and like was in this pose that was like ready to be photographed, and he looked fucking good. He was like, "Hey Jeff, what's up?" <laughs> I completely believe you because that's how he looks in all of his uh, Instagram. Elijah, you look great, bro. The way he Let's laughs, work together. He, he laughs like he's on camera. It's fucking awesome, man. Oh, let's do it. Um, Dave, do you agree with me though? Since we both saw it just very quickly, I'm sure you saw other things too. But for me, it's unfortunate that this movie was so fantastic in the way it dealt with um, Spider Man and the Spider Verse. For me, it was tainted by the fact that for the past several years, Marvel has very shoddily gone into the multiverse world. And it, it just made this less interesting to me because. All of these superheroes are now existing. I could, I could not disagree in a multiverse. more. Um, well, I think most I, people I, the, will agree I think with me. The reason, the re- is, no, no, the, re- the reason I disagree superhero movie. is because uh, while I was watching that movie, I was like, "Fucking Marvel, who?" Did not even spare a yeah, thought for yeah. it. Like, I think if you're this, a huge superhero fan, you're probably going to have that like capacity. Crazy for me, like they literally have images of past spider-man who they own and, that's a sony thing that's not marvel and yeah and in the most recent spider-man movie they did all the other spider-man so i just kind of felt like this idea is so good but nobody's done it better than you it's just a shame you didn't get there first that, that's all i'm saying because i think they did it mm. so well i mean you I know think what? they introduced it so well yeah. in the first one they did it great in the first one the, the second they kicked it up a notch i'm not kidding this might be the best animated film i've ever seen story-wise as well i loved everything about this it's, it's really beautiful. Mm. Did you watch anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I started watching, I think it's Shrinks on Apple TV. Um, oh, yeah. And it's... Uh, it might be Shrinking. Shrinking. Yeah, Shrinking. Yeah. Um, with Jason, Harrison... Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford, yeah. Shrinking, yeah. Um, I'm told I need to watch that. It's a, that thanks is, to the writer's strike, I'll be able to catch up on my TV. It is. Soon. Like, they've got Harrison Ford playing the, like... 
the straight man, which he does so well, and it really fucking works. And he's not a major part in it, but he's enough. It's enough that he owns the screen. I I dig it. I'm gonna be keep watching it. It's actually amazing that Harrison Ford yes. didn't crash his plane into the studio that he was filming in. It's really mm. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Jeff>. <laughs> I am catching up on Barry, and by catching up, I mean basically starting from the <laughs> beginning because I never yeah. really watched that. I'm one season in. Um, I think I'm. Yeah, in I really want to watch this season, but John, two. I don't want to fuck up your HBO Max. And obviously, we share an account. By but share account, I mean I, I mooch off your account, and um, I don't want to fuck up your numbers. But um, yeah, you're behind. You got to catch you. up. Yeah, I'm way behind, so I'm catching up on that. Um, Elizabeth and I are six episodes into the last season of Succession. Holy shit, really good. It's a good mm. season, right? I haven't touched any of that yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a good season. Do you think? Really do you think episode three of the season was one of the better episodes you've seen on television this year? If I had not just watched Better Call Saul, then it would have been an anomaly compared to the other stuff that I've seen. Yeah. Like it's, it was, it was just really, really, really well done. I felt like they trusted me. Yeah. I felt like they got away with certain kind of writing techniques that are kind of the opposite of what you were talking about with your, your criticisms of Ted ding, Lasso. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, I do. I do feel that way. And we're, we're enjoying it a lot. And I can't wait to finish it. I also started, I think I'm two or three episodes into the smart list on tour. Yeah, I watched all of that. Series. Oh yeah. I watched all of that this week too. I watched all of it. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. I like those guys. Fun to hang out with them for sure. I really think that guy was a good choice as a guest. It was really dumb to do it when the whole guest, the whole audience was there to see somebody funny. And I, I at least like that they're admitting that they made some mistakes. So I've been watching that as well. And then I watched, God, you guys, I watched something else, another series. I feel like I'm catching up on everything because I don't get to watch anything. Summer John. I will sign off. Uh, I will sign off there. I think that's all. All right. That's all I really watched. Can't wait week. to see what next week is. John didn't do the lists uh, for next week, so we don't know what they are. But guys, uh, no, doing... I have it right in front of me. Did, next week is 88 and 89. 88 and 89, Who Framed Roger Rabbit versus Batman. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Yes. Another Zemeckis. Uh, and then Ghost 1990 versus Terminator, versus Terminator 2. Wait, Ghost was the number one summer movie of 1990? Yep. And what was 91? Wow. Terminator 2. <laughs> oh I wonder God. what's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> when? I don't How know. many times you guys rewatch Ghost? Stay tuned for the answer to that oh, question, film fans. Oh, <laughs> Ghost. Oh,